Happy Easter to you. I want to read from the Apostle John's account of the resurrection today. That is John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. We've got Bibles underneath the pews. If you'd like to reach under and grab one of those, otherwise, hear the very words of God to you and to me. John 20, beginning with verse 1. Now, on Sunday, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And so she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, John, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb and both of them were running fast together. But John, who was younger, by the way, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And John, stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter arrived following him and he went straight into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then John, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood there weeping outside of the tomb. And she wept. And she stooped to look into the tomb. And there she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head of where he had been laying and one at the foot. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they've they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. And having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, of the cemetery, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will go and take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. And she turned, and in Aramaic, she said, Rabboni, which means great teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go now and tell my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to all the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that all that Jesus had told her about. Easter is when bitter defeat 
and grief becomes uncontainable joy and belief. Easter is that hinge moment in all history where life is given and life that can never be taken away. It's the third day. It is the first day of the week. It is Sunday and Christ is risen just as he had predicted. And a new era has begun that cannot be stopped. The moment Jesus of Nazareth rose from the dead and walked out of that tomb, a new era has begun. But what does it mean? What does it all mean to you and to me? We looked at the last words of Jesus in uh, on Palm Sunday. And then we looked la- uh, Friday night at the last words of Jesus on the cross. And this morning we're going to look at the very first words that Jesus uttered to human beings after he was raised from the dead. And what we're going to learn about these first words is that they are so loving and so personal. His first words are so loving. In verse 10, we read that the disciples, you know, they came and saw and, and believed and, and John believed and went back to their homes. And, but Mary just stood there and she just kept weeping outside the tomb. You know, it's amazing who Jesus appeared to first. Jesus did not appear to his apostles First, Jesus did not appear to the priests of Israel first or the high priest. This is amazing. Jesus appeared to a woman first. And you got to understand, this is, that was an extremely patriarchal culture. I mean, that was a male-oriented culture. And women were not first. And sometimes people wouldn't even believe the testimony of a woman and Jesus appears first to a woman? Yes, he appears to a woman, but not just a woman. He appears to a woman with a, a history. This is what we know about Mary Magdalene. We know for certain that she had been a demoniac, that she had been demon possessed. And uh and 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 and, and what a what a horrible thing. That was, and we read in, in Mark 16, 9, in his resurrection account, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, and then Mark gives us this detail, the one out of whom Jesus had driven seven demons. He appeared to a woman, he appeared to one who had been a demoniac. Many New Testament scholars equate Mary and Magdalene of being a, a woman in one of the gospel accounts who was a prostitute who put her trust in Jesus. And uh, Mary put her trust in Christ, became a part of his band of followers. Whether she was the prostitute or not, she was exhibit A of the beautiful grace of God and he loved her he loved her she has a brand new life because of Jesus and now he's gone and she's crushed and she's just right there hanging out 
just in the outside of the tomb. And you can just see her shoulders weep, just weeping so bitterly. And the text says that it was early in the morning while it was still dark that she had come to the tomb first. She, she had seen the stone rolled away. She went and ran and told the, the, the apostles um, she was worried because she loved Jesus that his body may have been desecrated. She was worried that his body may have been pitched somewhere or that somebody had stolen the body. And um, she just cries and cries. They, they come, they leave, she stays there. And uh, through tears, she decides to, to kind of stoop over and look into the tomb. And she is shocked to find two angels in white because it's, it's her. It's not them. It's her that, that God's going to reveal himself to. It's her that the, the angels are going to appear to. And they ask her, verse 13, woman, why are you crying? And she said, they've taken the, my Lord out of the tomb. And I, I, they, I don't know where, where he is, where his body is, where they've laid him. And then suddenly she realizes that someone is behind her. Have you ever had that feeling? You just kind of have this feeling that somebody's standing there. And she turns around. And there, very much alive. And new, made new and alive, there stands Jesus. But she does not recognize him. Through her tears and through her, her sorrow, she thinks that he's maybe the caretaker of, of the, the, the tomb. And here are the first words that the risen Christ says to human beings after he rose. He asked her this question. Why are you weeping? Who is it? That you're looking for. Now, look. Jesus could have just showed himself to her. Da-da-da-da, never fear. I am here. I will save the day. It is I, just as I said. You understand, this is the resurrection from the dead. People don't raise from the dead. This is our validation that Christ is Lord. This is the moment. This is the moment. could have just appeared shockingly glorious and powerful but it's just so beautiful that Christ simply wanted to identify with her pain as his first act as the resurrected Lord and he wanted to hear out from Mary hear out listen to her hear out her hurt in this we can see that Jesus loves Mary. And that's what being our Savior is about. Yes, it's about power. Yes, it's about the fact that He reigns. But it's about love. You know, some Easter's focus on uh, trying to like give proofs for the resurrection. I love those messages, by the way. And... We'll have one of those another Easter. 
thereby demonstrating that Christ is Lord. The resurrection, after all, is one of the most easily verifiable of ancient events. If you've never studied the resurrection and you're wondering whether Jesus rose from the dead, I ask you, dare you, to begin to really, really look at the historical material around, not even biblical material, around the death of Jesus at that time. Yes, Jesus was crucified, and yes, Jesus rose from the dead. But in this sermon, this isn't that argument. This is about a Savior who is love as well as Lord. So so these first words are about love. But that other part is, is, and it is so personal. Shockingly personal. It's the second thing that he says that is even more moving, at least to me. It's the second thing that he says, I, I, I just feel that it is one of the most touching moments in all of the scriptures. And it transforms Mary's pain into uncontrollable joy. See, she doesn't understand. She still doesn't get it that she's standing in front of the risen Christ. But you know how Jesus broke through to her. Did you catch it? It wasn't da-da-da-da. He broke through to her by uttering her name. One word. And it was his inflection. It was the way he always said her name, but it was with so much empathy and so much love. And the way he said it, he said, and I don't know how exactly he said it, but we'll, we'll try it. He said, Mary, Mary, just one word, her name. And her brain is clicking and sorting. <laughs> she's heard that voice before. She's heard her name spoken like that before. And, and suddenly she, in all the clicking and sorting, she gets it. And she immediately turns around and, and she says in Aramaic, don't you love all the details of the Gospels and about the where the cloths were and the headcloth was in a different place and the one who ran ahead, the one who waited, the, the old guy, Peter, who uh, finally came up second. There's, it, just so we would understand, this is what happened. She immediately says, and she says it in Aramaic, Rabboni. And Rabboni means teacher, but it doesn't just mean teacher. It means like famous teacher. It means the great teacher. You know, like the, the teacher that, that taught the Apostle Paul, one of the top two teachers in all of Judaism. His name was Gamaliel. Almost didn't get that out. He wasn't just a rabbi. He was Rabboni. And she turns and she says, she says, Rabboni. And her depression turns to joy. His love is so personal. He calls her name. Why? Because he knows her so well. Because he cares so deeply. Because she's in such emotional pain. And she is loved by him so personally. It's her own name. He could have said, it's me, don't you see? 
But he wanted to connect with her in this most personal way. You know, when you're talking with someone, I always appreciate when they, they use my name. I feel like I'm actually talking with somebody and they're not talking at me when they, when they use my name. Like, like I know you, like I'm here with you specifically, not interchangeably. It's beautiful. The power of the resurrection finds us through the love of the resurrection. Finds us because Jesus loves you. Not just blank humanity, somebody, anybody might come, maybe they won't. It's just the quote blank check. No, Nancy, Lacey, Dan, Jesus is saying this morning, Chandler, Marguerite, you see, he is saying this, Jamie, Brian, Emily, this is what's going on by the tomb. Mary, Rabboni. Jesus said in John chapter 10 in the Good Shepherd Discourse, he said, you know, my sheep, they know my voice. And listen to what he said, and I call them, you remember this? By name. I know my sheep. Because I don't just love humanity. I love Mary. I love you. And you. And we hear the shepherd's voice in the word of God. And in this passage today, Jesus is speaking to you to give you forgiveness. To give you life. To to attach to you with his love. As the risen Christ. I mean right now Jesus is saying to you. I am alive. I love you. I'm in control. Come to me. Rejoice. See it's not like the superhero movies. Where the superhero shows up and makes a big deal. About the fact that the superhero shows up, you know, kind of toward the end of the movie. And look, moviegoers, we need that to be a big deal. Because then we know, don't we, it's going to be okay. We know resolution is coming when the superhero shows up. And he is going to not take any names. He is about to mop up the the place. um, And immediately he takes on the bad guys and he wins. It's not like this here. Oh, oh yes, Jesus wins. Please don't misunderstand me. He, he wins. And one day, he will take Satan out. And he will right every wrong. Because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. But you know, first and foremost, he is about love. Mary. And she says, Rabboni. But what does she do? Did you catch what she did? She immediately turns. She just grabs Jesus. She just holds on to Jesus. It's like this, this reflex. It tells you there, 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 there's something of a loving relationship that has existed between Jesus and his disciples. You know, Jesus is not that standing far off kind of God that you're wondering what he's thinking and whether he likes you and don't go near him. 
Don't go near him. No, she immediately just throws her arms around Jesus. She hangs on. She clings to him. And Jesus says something strange. Verse 17, don't hold on to me. It kind of seems cold, but it's really not because he explains why he says this to her. He's not, he, it's, it's not that he doesn't want her to touch him. I mean, obviously he is going to tell one of his disciples, Thomas, a.k.a. Doubting Thomas, touch me. Put your hands in the nail holes. Put your, put your hand in, in where the spear went into my side. This is not, I don't want to be touched. This is, now's not the time to be clinging to me. I have not yet ascended. There is now so much to be done. A new era of salvation. A new era of victory and brightness. And life has come. And this train has left the station. And before he ascends, there is much to do. Now she says, go, go, let go. There'll be plenty of time for hugs later. Go tell my disciples and tell them that I have not yet ascended to God and to the Father. Jesus is the God who loves us, who embraces us, not the one that stands off at a distance. You know, there are some people and I, I think if we were honest, we'd say lots of people who kind of want God to, to be that, that standoffish God. They kind of they want God to be all glory, all power, all majesty. Unapproachable. Kind of like the great and terrible Oz on the screen. Who darkens my presence? At least that's the way they imagine him. And you know, that, that kind of God, just like the great uh, and terrible Oz, that God's just like, he's just angry all the time, isn't he? He's just angry all the time. And you, he's always far away. And you just can't ever, ever know that you've pleased him some people actually like that and they like having their religion and they like to imagine how they have pleased god and yet he's never pleased and this is their motivation oh there's so much better motivation than guilt there's so much better motivation than just the terror of god it's the love of god it's the love of God. God's not like that. I mean, he's holy, holy, holy. Three times holy. The guilty will by no means go unpunished. So if you're one of those people that needs that God, yes, he is like that in the sense that he is holy and just and he punishes sin. And in Christ, he has punished all of our sins in Christ, who took our sins, the ones that needed to be punished, the ones that deserved the wrath of God, and he took them upon himself, and God punished him on the cross, 
in our place. And there is therefore now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because Christ took our condemnation. God is a friendly deity. He is a loving and friendly deity in Christ who didn't wait for you to to try to climb some seven-story mountain to God, never knowing whether you'll get there. Now, he came down here in the fullness of time. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the curse of the law by his death on the cross. In, in Christ, He is a God that, that loves you. If you, put, if you trust in Him, if you, if you believe in Him rather than yourself and all these other things for religion, and He's a God who, yeah, you can hold on to Him, but He's holding on to you. He's got you. Always. He is the God who announces his new resurrected state not by a display of blinding glory and majesty and power, but by asking Mary, his friend, why are you crying? Are you okay? Who it is it that you're looking for? He is the God, the one who reigns, who broke through to Mary by saying her name with such amazing and personal Love, Y'all, it, it looked like the cross was going to be the end. There's a reason she's crying. There's a reason his disciples are, are scattered. We saw him die. We saw that ship go down. And then the, the tomb. Crucified, dead. And buried. It was over. Not. It's Easter. We read from 1 Corinthians how it's just meaningless. Worse than meaningless. If Christ is not raised, there is no connection with God. The unapproachable except for God who connects with us. Through his son. It is Easter, and Easter opens up a whole new future through a whole new relationship with the risen Christ. Easter is about the fact that Christ is alive, and if you know him, so are you forever and today and tomorrow. The one who is risen is the one who has ascended, who is at the right hand of the Father, and who reigns at this very moment. With all authority in heaven on earth. And he is the one who wants to love you. You see, that's Easter too. You ready for he is risen? He is risen. risen Lord, help us to see. That there is no connection with you because you are holy. We are not. That you had to come to us. You have done that. You so love the world 
that you sent, you gave your only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, would you help us to give it up, to give up trying to climb our seven-story mountain to God, to give up rating ourselves on these cards from one to ten, and some of us give ourselves far too high grades before your holiness, and some of us are depressed all the time. Would you help us to see the cross? Would you help us to see our sin being dealt with once and for all, what keeps us, bet- what, what keeps us from you? that you have done away with our sin on the cross. Would you help us to see the empty tomb is how we connect with you because a dead Jesus can't give salvation and a living Jesus has defeated death and can give us life. If you've never put your trust in what Christ has done and you get it, you see it today on Easter and you want him and you want that life, just pray with me. Lord, I see it. And I want to turn from everything that I've called religion And everything that I've called Christianity, I want to put my trust, Jesus, in you. Crucified, dead and buried, risen on the third day. Thank you that even now you've forgiven me. Even now you have given me life. Lord, there are many here that do know you and and you love them so much. And you, you are holding on to them and embracing them. And, and yet, with so many things in our lives and so many things that go bump in the night, we sometimes forget the Jesus of Easter morning who walks right into our life, never leaves, knows our name, loves us personally. Lord, would you help us to, to just turn from all of our fears and anxieties and All these things that cause us such consternation and keep us so wound up. Because we're not sure how some of them are going to go. Would you help us even now as your children to turn back to you? And would you just breathe fresh life, fresh breath into our spiritual lungs as you whisper our name in your love. Thank you that you are love. We also thank you that you reign. And we can trust you and follow you. And so bless, Lord, this Easter. In Jesus' name, amen.